Are you looking forward to NAM this year, or is, or is it kind of a necessary evil, kind of like doing a, a radio interview like this? <laughs> no, actually, um, I, I mean, I stopped going to NAM just for the hangouts like long, long time ago. I, uh, if I'm coming out to NAM these days, there has to be a pretty good reason, and and um, and this year I have a really good reason. I'm releasing some new signature guitars with Jackson, so um, and and that's why we're throwing these two shows around NAM weekend to kind of like celebrate and you know so it's, it's kind of like a, it's a special thing for me this year awesome go ahead and brag about the new guitar that's coming out we can help get the word out about that as well yeah sure i mean you know nam is obviously where all the uh, musical instrument manufacturers go there every year and then uh yeah so I've, I've developed these two new models with jackson guitars yeah we're gonna be unveiling them at nam we're gonna be doing a big signing on saturday i think january 18th yeah at jackson booth with some other killer players from their roster and uh, uh, what else? I mean, the, the main feature about these new guitars is that I've also designed my own pickups now on there, so I have some new pickup models that go together with these new guitars. And anyways, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of specs that I, you know, I'm probably going to be talking about that in the <laughs> near future. But yeah, just to celebrate this, we're throwing uh, two solo shows January 17th in Anaheim, the House of Blues, the Parish Room, and uh, on Sunday, right after NAM in Hollywood at the legendary Whiskey Go-Go. Yeah, going to be a good time. What's the set list? going to be like for those shows? Is it going to be a little bit of everything, some shredding, some cl- clinic stuff, or is it going to be more songs or a little mixture of everything? It's going to be a mixed bag. I mean, first of all, I'm going to have my power trio band with me, so I'm going to have Dennis Ward, who plays bass and sings on my latest solo record. He's going to be with me, and, um, and Joe Nunes on, on drums, who is also the drummer in Firewind. I'm going to have the power trio band, and I'm going to be playing, you know, obviously for my uh, solo catalog, the latest record, so it's going to be, yeah, songs with vocals, instrumentals, all the guitar geeks and stuff and uh, yeah we're going to throw out also some um, some cool covers that we like to do we do this Aussie medley as well that we recently worked out and put it to the set so that's kind of fun because we you know we get to play a little bit of a medley from a lot of classic Aussie stuff and and yeah it's kind of like a mixed bag man it's going to be it's a, it's a fun show you know I mean whether you're a guitar player or just a music fan you know it's, it's a fun show you know it's not just like 90 minutes of just instrumental shredding only you know it's, <laughs> it's uh, a lot of stuff and, um, and we have um, Holy Grail with us. Oh, uh, killer. Special guest. Yeah, yeah. They're a great band from L.A. area, so yeah, they're cool. That'd yeah. be a great build then. Holy, Holy Grail and Gus G. A lot of notes being played that night for sure. A lot of notes for sure. Oh, <laughs> and I forgot also, on uh, for the Anaheim show, we also have Andy James doing an opening set as well. So, and, and he's an insane guitar player. I did a collaboration with him earlier this year, so, so he's going to be throwing down as well. So it's going to be cool, man. Hope to see a lot of people out there. So, yeah. Speaking of playing guitar, is, is, is it ever too late to really pick up a guitar? Or do you think there is a, a cutoff at some point where you're like, man, maybe you shouldn't? No, man, I don't think so because, you know, music is fun and, and it should be, you know, if you pick up an instrument it's because it makes you feel good and uh, you feel creative and, you know, it's, uh, it's it's definitely not a waste of time for sure. So it doesn't matter what age you are. And I say this to all the people that approach me and sometimes, you know, they're, they're a bit older and they're asking me. So, yeah, I mean, it depends. You know, if you want to have a serious career about that, of course, it's better if you get into it as early as you can, but it doesn't matter matter you know the, the, the most important thing is that when you pick up a guitar you feel good and and, and that's how it should be so no age limits to that and it's ultimately all about your right hand is what i hear from a lot of guitar players too well i think it's a more about the coordination of the right 
and the, and the left hand because sure, I mean it's great to have tight picking technique and stuff like that, but uh, it, your 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 right hand picking needs to coordinate with the left hand. So it's uh, yeah, both are equally important, I would say. I was curious too. You had me kind of mentioned Ozzy, and obviously wanted to talk a little bit about your time with Ozzy. And thinking back, well, it's been ten years since uh, your first appearance with Ozzy back at BlizzCon, and curious if you had any any memories thinking back to ten years ago and what, what comes to your mind thinking back to that first gig with him oh man um, I mean first of all great memories uh, with him but um, I mean thinking about that first gig it was nerve-wracking because so much um, excitement and so much um, I, I was so nervous of course you know just to go out there and do this with, with him and um, I, I wanted to do good and um, yeah yeah so I, <laughs> I didn't know what people would think and all that so it was it was like a really big change for me you know that gig and I thought even if it's just for one night even if it never called me back after this still has you know you, you have to do as good as you can so, so it was a uh, it was a stressful situation for me, but at the same time, wonderful as well, if, if you know what I mean. So it was uh, a lot of emotions at the same time, you know? Yeah, kind of an odd gig. I mean, not your typical gig to start with, doing a, a technically a corporate event where it, instead of, like, playing in an arena with a, with a full-on rock crowd, you know what I mean? And was, was, a, was yeah, the crowd receptive? Yeah, I think they wanted to try out. They wanted to try out how it's going to go. But the thing is, was for that gig, it was, you're right, it was a corporate gig, but it was televised, I think, on pay-per-view or something. And, um, and I remember they didn't tell Ozzy about that. I mean, the rest of us knew, <laughs> but <laughs> as if it wasn't already stressful enough, you know, so I'm like, oh, it's ish. So all, all these people are going to be watching, of course, on, on, you know, online and, and on TV and stuff, but Ozzy didn't know because I think he would have been stressed out if they told him he was going to be televised. <laughs> Do you remember any any particular song, like, like maybe playing it or playing the solo and being like, oh yeah, I got that one, like where it kind of felt at, at any point in that gig where it really felt like it kicked in kind of for you, like let off the Man, pressure? A little I, bit. I think if I felt more like that during the audition when I was like, okay, I was not so sure about this, and then when I started playing, I felt confident. Okay, I got this now. I think it's it's gonna be good. And I knew he liked it. It was more about the audition, but with that gig, I think it went by like in a heartbeat. I was <laughs> probably so stressed that it, it just went by like it felt like I played just half a song. <laughs> that 60 minutes set, you know, uh, it went by so quick. Uh, I, I just felt I, I I didn't mess it up, and I just tried my best and the adrenaline was so high you know and uh, yeah I just remember like hanging out backstage after the show and Ozzy telling me yeah you did great it was fun thank you and I, I thought I, I thought they're probably gonna hate it but they, you know they, they all loved it and then a couple of days later they invite me back to come back and do another festival I think the, the second show was um, Sunset Strip Music Fest oh right yeah I was curious too like we always see Ozzy and, and he's of course the Prince of Darkness I know he's got a great sense of humor and, and kind of a practical joker and if you had any uh, stories oh, any, yeah. any sense of humor he could share about his of his personality and sense of humor and any joking or anything like that that sticks out for you yeah, the whole time man the whole time it's uh <laughs> Uh, I'm like, you know, I mean, just hanging out with Oz. After five minutes, you know, you're going to be on the floor <laughs> laughing with him. I mean, he always, I remember when we were, before every takeoff, when we, when we were on the plane going to a gig, whatever, and before every takeoff, he would just scare Tommy, uh, our drummer, Tommy Clefetis. He would just scare the shit out of him and just go behind him and just scream, bang, because Tommy was so scared of flying. <laughs> <laughs> So he was just doing shit like that all the time to everybody. You know, he was, he was such a funny guy. Always a practical joker. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love that. And I was curious too. One last thing on the on the uh, topic, and I, I thought 
thought of kind of looking at it from a different way. Obviously, playing for Ozzy, you had quite a few different guitar players to uh, kind of learn, not to copy, but to at least learn their style. And I was wondering if we could kind of view your cliff notes on on maybe the Ozzy guitarists, like, you know, Jake and Zach and, and of course, Randy. Yeah, man. The thing is, and, and, and I've said this a lot um, in, in past interviews, it's like, you know, this, this was like the school of guitar that I grew up with, you know what I mean? So these are the guys that I, I looked upon and, and had their records, of course, and, and was learning, you know, amongst other, other heavy metal bands, of course, and all that, but, um, and, and guitar favorites. But, you know, I came from this background, so it was, uh, it felt like really natural for me to kind of like play all this stuff. Of course, I, did, I hadn't nailed it down properly, Well, once I joined, I started practicing more and more and, you know, learning the whole catalog. Of course, I grew up listening to uh, Randy and Jake Lee, and those records were some of my favorites you know, and Ultimate Sin, and of course, later on with, with Zach Wilde, and I would always take some, some stuff from each guy's playing, you know, like some little tricks and stuff like that, and, and, and licks, but yeah. What was your favorite, like, most favorite Aussie tune to play, and maybe what was one that was a little more challenging for you? Mm. Uh, it's really it's really hard to narrow it down like to one or two songs because I mean what a what what a catalog that guy has you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you look at the set list and like oh wow it's like the bible of heavy metal right there so <laughs> but um, with that said I always enjoyed the opening of the shows they usually opened up with Bark at the Moon and that, this is such a like high energy track you know you open the show and it's like all the energy is there and like that, that outro solo by Jake is such a classic uh, I always loved playing that I love playing also um, Mr. Crowley because he has an amazing melodic outro solo and you know a little bit of a has a classical feel to it as well awesome man you know one other tune that I really loved your playing on uh, getting outside of the uh, the Aussie arena talked to the guys about it and they said they had a great time recording with you it was a, the devour the day and the I am the fire that, that tune you did with Blake Allison and the, and the guys and oh, they said yeah, they had a yeah, blast you know with you I, I interviewed him and brought that tune up because I, I really liked it and they said they had a blast working with you yeah that was a cool uh, really cool collaboration that was around the time when I was doing my first solo record and um, I remember we were trying to get into um, uh, active rock radio and you know give it a shot there and see and then and I remember my A&R at the, at the label suggested this band and, and at the time they were not you know they hadn't done anything here in Europe so I didn't know about them and, and they sent me this track they've done and I was like wow this is really solid songwriting so they put me in touch with Blake and Joey I think that was, that was when they were also first starting out the Varda Day they just had like one album or something yeah. or one EP I sent them the track and they came up with the concept and the lyrics and stuff and they hit me up and yeah they put a lot of thought and a lot of work into it and really really good lyrics really good melodies and we met up at a studio in Los Angeles and uh, we did the vocals there I was present there when, when Blake was doing some of the vocals and that's that's when I heard I mean I, by, by that time I only had like the, the demo you know the not the demo I'm sorry the, um, the backing tracks so to speak so I had done the drums and the guitars and everything but I didn't know what the vocals were going to be like and, and then Blake started singing this in front of me and I was like wow this is I knew this is going to be a really good track and you know to, to this day you know for on, at my I still close my my solo sets with that song and now we have this middle section where I do this long guitar solo and improvise and get the crowd going as well so and, and interact so, so it's become kind of like yeah one of the trademark songs for, for me you know for my fan base yeah I love it man great tune and, and uh, cool to hear kind of the story behind that one other uh, collab you did that uh, I always forgot about and, and saw you know before talking you looking up and going oh yeah that's right he was on the In This Moment tune The Road way back on the uh, Starcrossed Wasteland yeah, album yeah and I almost forgot about 
about that recently as well, but uh, <laughs> this was one of the things, because it was around the time when I was working with Kevin Jerko, their producer, who also did Scream, you know, for Ozzy, so, right. so I, I worked closely with, with Kevin for, yeah, for many weeks, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, tracking guitars, and yeah, he was producing, so I think after we were done with guitars and I was back in Greece for a while, he just emailed one day and said, hey, we need cool solo here for in this moment, you want to do that? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I always liked in this moment anyway, so it was, it was, I was happy to just play a solo for them, and yeah, and it's a good track, it's a good track. Yeah, yeah man, dig that tune. Last thing I got for you, Gus, just since we're having some fun talking about music, and ultimately we're all music fans, that's why you do what you do, or what I do on the radio Absolutely. and the thing. So a little, little music game I like to play with everyone I talk to, and even though maybe a little bit out of your wheelhouse, you'll still have an opinion, and ultimately that's what I'm looking for. Okay. So I'm going to put a, some bands together in a group and make you choose your favorite out of them. And for this grouping, I, I like to call it, because it's going to kind of encapsulate 90s rock here, in, at least in America. Okay. And I Let's like see. to call it the Flannel Five. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. This, so in this group, it's going to be Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and I'm curious, who is your favorite out of the Flannel Five? Wow, yeah, really good question, man. You know, that's also like a little bit of my generation because I was a Nirvana fan back then, even though there was not like, I was I was really into a lot of 80s shred and stuff like that. I, I really appreciated the songwriting of Nirvana and that was a big band everywhere back then, like mid 90s or yeah, like around 93, 92, 93, 94. And I remember I was shocked when I heard Kurt Cobain commit suicide. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and I really I really admire Nirvana for their, for the songwriting, you know, like great songs. Even though like the like the guitar was not like you know he was not an Ingray Mousing or anything like that, but <laughs> it, um, but you can't deny that that band had something special and the, and the, and the songwriting was really really amazing. Um, so I went through a period where I was like really into Nirvana and um, but you know later on I, I appreciated of course all the others that you mentioned. I mean Soundgarden and, and Alice in Chains, which, which was much heavier band obviously yeah there's nothing wrong with any pick good to get everyone's pick and you certainly can't argue Nirvana who really kind of set that scene on fire and just to have some fun uh, pick a uh, Nirvana tune to play on the radio tonight alright um, which one which one um, maybe play Lithium that's a cool song love and that tune any, I remember I, I really liked Lithium because it had an un unusual chord progression and I got into that yeah awesome man well Gus it's been a blast talking to you Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios.